Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Hi, everyone. A little note before the podcast starts. We'll be doing a special edition for World AIDS Day on the 1st of December. If you'd like us to promote an event you're holding or you'd like a shout out, DM us on Instagram and we'll include as many as we can. Now, on with the podcast. I was going to say, do you fancy doing rock, paper, scissors to uh, determine who starts this week? Okay, ready? Ready? One, two, you go one, two, three. Oh, did I go too soon? Yeah, yeah, you do one. Oh, look, we can't even get this right. (laughs) How we managed to run a charity, I've got no idea. (laughs) Okay, ready? Last time. But are you going to do the same as you did last time? Wait, no, I'm going to go one, two, three, show. Okay. Yeah, but you're going to show the same thing you just showed. Are you? No. Oh, but maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm bluffing. This could go on for days. Okay, ready? Ready, come on, let's do this. One, One, two, two, three, show. No, but look, I did mine first and you still did paper, so I win. Oh, no, I did scissors last time. Yes. Oh, do you know what? (laughs) Edit all of this out, Jess. It's like a calamity. (laughs) Amazing. I don't even know who wins and who loses as to who goes first. I don't actually. It's like when you flip a coin and you haven't decided what the outcome would be. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the HIV podcast. I've saved you all that bother now, Jess. Thank you. Yeah, I should have brought that up before we started recording, really. Yes. Welcome to this week where we, well, it's primary colour week, isn't it? As we're both wearing prim- <laughs> primary colours. I said we look a little bit, obviously I'll put a picture up as always, but we, it reminds me a bit, it's like a bit Rod Jane and Freddie-ish. Oh, yes. What happened to them? What did happen to them? I feel one of them might have died. Oh, God, it's so dark. So I do have a little bit of news corner, but first I thought I've got a new segment. I'm calling it Hatred Corner, Troll Corner. <laughs> troll Corner. Okay, calling it Troll it. Corner. Um, so it's just that we've had 
just a little, couple of trolling hate comments on our TikTok account. I thought I might share them with you what? all. Seriously? Yeah. So it was all around, actually, sadly, Mark Ashton's legacy about how the LGBT rights, it set the tone for how that moved forward. On that video, we've had two comments and someone's put, and I quote, yeah, such a better place now. We have LGBTQ trying to turn our kids transgender. No. I swear, honestly. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it's not even about HIV then. It's about, oh, man, what is wrong with people? Yeah, well, the reason I sort of wanted to read these out, I'll read you the other one in a minute, is because, yeah, it's so this isn't, a, neither of the comments are about HIV. It's about LGBT rights. We're still here having these horrible comments and it's shocking. Right. So the other one says, I'm gay and I disagree with the LGBT. That wasn't supposed to sound like it rhymed, but it did. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he means people or what, because he doesn't say, just says, I disagree with the LGBT. We are all human. Why do they want more? They are divisive and hateful. But he's gay or she's, so he didn't say the gender. They are gay themselves. Yes, that's what it says. I just feel like you can't win. Can it you? says they're gay and they disagree with the LGBT, but there is gay within LGBT. So it's just confusing. It's a confusing mess, which is why I'm just calling it Troll Corner. So I think rather than, obviously I didn't react to these comments, what's the point? But I thought, you know, just share them with everyone. Wow. And on Mark Ashton's episode. We actually haven't had any comments on other ones. So I was just really surprised. They Don't get me wrong, as the HIV podcast that we are, we do get an awful lot of comments of like, you know, Dr. Bob Jones cured me with this herbal medicine. Get a lot of that business that I'm forever reporting and deleting. But not, I haven't really had any hate comments or anything negative. So it's just so sad that there are still people that do that and feel the need to. So there we go. I'm going to say it again. It's Mark Ashton's episode. I'm livid, Jess. Absolutely livid. We have covered some, not controversial people, but well, I don't think anyone we cover is controversial. But I think for other people, some of the people we've covered might be controversial. But of all of them, I would have said definitely not Mark Ashton, my favourite person in the world. I know. And the clip is you just talking about how Mark Ashton's legacy really paved the way for LGBT rights. Again, I was quite baffled that that was the thing because the other there are three Mark Ashton videos I put out. None of the others have any comments. So it just seems to be about us commenting on LGBT rights. So, you know, I just figured let's. Let's share them. You know, Troll Corner, they want to comment. We'll share it with everyone. What way to start a podcast is all the hate we're getting. (laughs) Well, you know. But anyway, moving swiftly on to absolute nonsense in News Corner. So, Is this News Corner or Condiment Corner? (laughs) It is actually Condiment Corner. The debate continues. Right, everyone. So my mum got in touch with me. Bless her. Let me refresh everyone's memory. So in a previous episode, I think it was the one around protection. Is it one around protection? I can't remember. Uh, we were talking about which condiments would make the best lube. Not that we recommend using any of them at all. Absolutely not. And we had said that uh, mayonnaise perhaps would prove to be quite popular. And Jess, we're going to ask her mum which condiment she would like to use. And also our boss, Sean. Oh. In the other previous episodes, basically, my mum told me off that, you know, I didn't really understand the meaning of condiments. But then I received this message, everybody, and it says, oh, lordy, this is, I'm quoting, that's how it begins. 
Oh, Lordy, just listening to the podcast and then looked up condiments. Bless her, she Googled condiments. You were right, it seems to be everything that goes with a meal. And she said she thinks it's just that she remembers growing up in the 50s and 60s and that she's put cruet, but what is cruet? Oh, is that what where the, what the condiments are held in? What? This is, I'm right, I thought this was supposed to be clearing up some issues. This seems to be throwing up more questions. But anyway, it says was put on the table. It consisted of small containers, salt, pepper and vinegar and always mustard too. Anyway, so that's where Benice is at with that. Then Sean came back to us. Well, we asked Sean, well, look, what would he? Because we didn't know where we're at at this point. What would he class as a condiment? Sean basically said anything that goes with food. And I was like, okay, that's quite a good point. Anything, And then he Googled it and it's anything that gives food flavour. What, so like gravy? Yeah, so it adds to the flavour. Well, hang on, hang on, because is that a sort? Oh, no, wait, but a gravy is a... Oh, we're talking cold sauces, Sarah. Because I would say, is he, does he mean it's on the side of the plate with food? Because gravy goes all over it. Oh, see, that's not a condiment, though, is it? Gravy, that's a powder. If it sits in your cupboard as a powder, it's not a condiment, I'm saying. And if it's hot, it's not a condiment. It's a sauce. There we go. It's what you were all here for, I imagine. Nothing to do with HIV. You're only turning up for condiment chat. <laughs> not now, they're all switched off. <laughs> No, do you know who I know hasn't switched off? I bet Charlotte hasn't switched off because she always hashtags GP and Will. What a shout out to both of them. Oh, I love them. And I noticed that Stephen Hart, we featured him in the past. He likes all of our posts. So people should check out his YouTube channel. His voice, oh, his voice is amazing. He does have an amazing voice, yeah. No, he does, like Sarah was saying, he does do a great YouTube channel. And go and check out our Stephen Hart podcast. We actually featured him, so go and check that out. There were two people liking our posts. We've had a huge surge, actually, in the number of followers on Instagram and the number of listeners, so this is fantastic. And I noticed two people who uh, liked a post last week that we are going to feature in the future. Did they? Look at you, like, who are they? Who are they? I know. Don't worry, all will be revealed. But I saw their names and I was like, oh, gosh. Anyway, one will be before Christmas, one will be after Christmas. Now, let's move on. <laughs> oh, I like how commanding you're being. I know. <laughs> we have to be, really, because I'm off somewhere else. Like, Okay, so uh, who are we featuring this week? Oh, this week, we had a request, not this week, they requested it a few weeks back. So we asked, didn't we, if anyone had a request of someone that they thought we should feature, just get in touch. And people did. Fantastic. And we've picked one of those requests out for somebody that you have mentioned, actually, a few months ago, you mentioned this person to me. And as we both know, and our listeners know, I never take any notes of you. So I'm <laughs> what is that annoying noise? And it's just you <laughs> Shall we do this person? No, no. See, everyone knows how annoying I am because I put out that video. Do you remember that day when I just absolutely hounded you with Snapchat? That's how annoying I am all the time. So I don't blame you, Sarah, for just tuning me out. Well, thankfully, this person got in touch and they recommended uh, the same person for us to feature. I don't have the name of who contacted us. I don't even know if we're allowed to give their name out. They might want to remain anonymous. Yes, I'm not sure if they would want us to. So... We would just say thank you. And if you do want us to tag you, just drop me a little DM on Instagram because I think that's where they got in touch with this in the first place. Yes. So this week we are featuring Gia Karanji, American <laughs> supermodel. Is that how you say the surname? Karanji. Karanji. How did you yeah. learn that? Did you listen to something? Yes, on Google. Nice. I checked. I, just, I did check it because, you know, I've got form for mispronunciation. So I thought, I'll get this wrong. Although I bet we still get someone message being like, no. 
That was not correct. <laughs> Completely butchered it still. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, she is considered by many to be the world's first supermodel. The first? Yeah, see, I don't like making those sort of statements because someone listening is going to disagree, aren't they? Yeah. Be like, uh, no, actually, I think the first supermodel was Twiggy. You could say that you consider her to be because that's just your opinion, isn't it? So Go one better than that. Wikipedia says she's the first supermodel. That's Love where it. I've got my source from. So in the 90s, the phrase supermodel was more commonly known, wasn't it? You've got the big six. Okay, you're looking at go me. Can I go? Okay, so I'm going to say Claudia Schiffer. Yes. Naomi Campbell. Yes. Was Christy Turlington in there? Yes. Kate Moss. Yes. Oh, um, Helena. Oh, she was, was she not in it? Oh, no. Um, who else? Oh, I don't know who else. Linda Evangelista. Oh, of course. With the she did the Wonder Bar advert, didn't she? Look at me. I'm doing this. My hands were low. You couldn't see. <laughs> and uh, Cindy Crawford. Oh my god! Of course, Cindy Crawford. The big six should be eight because obviously you've got me and Jess as well. In the eighties, did you say? We'd have been very young. Nineties models. Nineties. We're going here. So before the nineties, yeah, the term supermodel wasn't really known. It's definitely associated with those kind of six. And I would include us, Jess, because we both love having our photo taken. <laughs> Sarah really hates it. I have to pin her down when it's like some sort of work event, like threaten her. We have to do this. Oh, anyway, Cindy Crawford, she was nicknamed Baby Gia when she made her runway debut. So I think, you know, can definitely agree that Gia paved the way for the big model names of the 90s. And today we are looking at her story. I have actually watched, there was a remake, and I'm sure we'll get onto it, but um, Angelina Jolie was yes. played her. But I really, I watched it so long ago, I actually couldn't tell anything about it. And to my mind, I feel like they didn't mention HIV, but I could be wrong. But I will let you continue. Oh, I haven't watched it. But yes, there is a film about her. I don't know. There's nothing else I can say. I just haven't watched it. <laughs> Actually, I can because there are reports that the film isn't very true to life. There are lots of conflicting reports actually about her life. So I was like, if I watch it, I'll just get sucked into it like I did with Pride around Mark Ashton. And so maybe it's better that I don't watch it and just try to get lots of information from lots of different sources. That's probably a good shout, to be fair. Yeah, I think it was quite glamorised, wasn't it? And it was just called Gia, yes. just in case yeah. anyone was looking for it. So I think that was really early on. In, and I feel like maybe that was one of her breakout roles that made her slightly bigger was Gia. But yeah, it was. Okay, so Gia, born in 1960 in Philadelphia, quite a volatile home life. So her mum and dad had quite an unstable marriage. And when Gia is 11, her mum leaves the family home. Her relatives describe Gia as being needy and manipulative, but also spoiled and shy, someone who didn't get the motherly attention that they wanted. Do you know what? I find it really difficult when children are described so negatively because you know, they're children. There's a reason why they behave the way they do. And generally, it's influenced by how they're treated by adults. I absolutely agree. And I feel a bit like, this is going to be quite judgy, actually. I feel a bit like the fact that they're saying this about her. There's no empathy there, is there, to say, actually, this is a child that doesn't have her mother around. I feel like perhaps this is why she's like it, because she has adults in her life treating her that way. I don't know. We don't know all the ins and outs, but I am with you. How can you describe a child like that? I know, but they did. So that kind of gives a kind of picture of her background growing up. She does find attention elsewhere. So at high school, she's hanging out with like-minded teenagers. So she loves David Bowie and her friends do too. 
they emulate him. They're like dressing up like him. So she's kind of found her gang, found her, say, found her groove because I am living in the seventies. And she's drawn to Joey um, because of his fashion sense, but also because he's quite outspoken on bisexuality, and that's something that she's quite kind of interested in. So her and her friends grow up. They start hanging out in gay bars and clubs. And Gia, she's got a real openness about her sexuality. She's not claiming to be a lesbian. Um, she's not claiming to be straight either, which I love because, you know, I think the fact we try and pin labels on everybody can be quite difficult sometimes. We're in the 70s. So there's a big move towards sexual liberation for women in particular, but only if you're straight, still frowned upon if you're not. I think we've got a long way to go in the 70s before values change in that respect. So Gia being open about her sexuality was very unusual for the time. So women are finding their voice about sex before marriage, for example. Um, but finding another woman attractive or being in a same sex relationship, that's that's a big no still. And G is kind of questioning that and going, well, actually, you know, I like everybody. At 17, Gia moves to New York. She's been discovered in her hairdressers. I've been to the hairdressers many times, Jess. No one's discovered me. In Eastbourne, everyone was always getting discovered. So when we were young, you'd be out in town and then someone would come into school and say, I was out in town and I got scouted. And there was this uh, model agency. But basically what they did was just see young girls and boys who thought they were good looking, spot them, get them to pay a load of money for headshots and then never get the modelling jobs. And this would just happen. I don't know if this happened in anyone else's towns. Constantly people coming out, I've been scouted. I've been scouted by a model agency, guys. And then it's like, when's your first job? Yeah, never. So, <laughs> so a lot of people in my town got scouted. Sadly, never me. I am. But, but do you know what I like to think? It's just because of the height situation, Sarah, you know. This is very true. Of course, you're such a tiny little munchkin. They probably didn't even see you. (laughs) Anyway, so Gia moves to New York. She's signed up by model agency. Her first model assignment is with a top fashion photographer. She poses naked. I think it's quite an iconic picture, actually. Naked behind a chain link fence with a makeup artist called Sandy Linter. And Gia's kind of becomes infatuated with her. The relationship doesn't really develop. But that is the start of Gia really finding out who she is. By the end of 1978, she's well established as a model. Uh, she's favoured by lots of different fashion photographers. She's on the covers of all the mag- magazines, you know, Vogue, Cosmopolitan, all of that. And she's in ad campaigns for Armani, Dior, Versace, Yves Saint Laurent. She's huge. Oh, wow. And yeah. the true test of someone's fame. She's now most commonly only known by her first name. It's when you know you've reached peak fame, isn't it? Prince, Cher, Madonna, Beyonce, the, the Queen. You can't say the Queen, can you? <laughs> Elton. Yes. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. You'd know what I meant, wouldn't you? If I said Freddie, you'd probably think I meant Freddie Mercury. Yep. Sarah, Jess, no surnames needed. Again, you know. Exactly. So there you go. So she has reached peak fame. She is just now known as Gia. Oh, did you know she was also in Blondie's music video for Atomic? Really? I did not know that. Yeah, I know you love Blondie. But she's everywhere. Everybody wants to work with her. I wonder why. I mean, that's a really subjective question that neither of us are going to be able to answer. <laughs> Just because she was beautiful. But like you're saying, there obviously weren't that many like big models around at that point. It's just fascinating. Sorry, carry on. So uh, obviously with the lifestyle comes a lot of socialising. And she's a regular at Studio 54. I feel like we know Studio 54 very well. We've talked about it in our Keith Haring episode. She starts using cocaine socially, as I imagine a lot of people were doing at the time. But it's when her agent, who she was really, really close to, her agent died um, of lung cancer. And that's really when she starts using drugs and develops an addiction to heroin. 
character. Her agent is like the one constant in her life. You know, she's someone that Gia really trusts and relies on. So losing her is devastating. Well, I mean, how things sounded anyway in her home life. Maybe this person was that sort of your chosen family. You know, you can't always, well, you can't pick your family. So you can't always pick your family, but you can't pick your family. But you can you can certainly pick those that you feel are family. Yes. And I think that's definitely the case here. So she's starting to use heroin and her work suffers, of course. Um, she's having temper tantrums. She walks out of photo shoots to buy drugs. She falls asleep in front of the camera. During a shoot for Vogue, it's noticeable that she has marks on her arms where she's been injecting heroin. Now, they're airbrushed out, although apparently you can still see them. But I've seen the pictures. They're all over. They're all nine. And I couldn't see anything. And the picture that they're talking about is is stunning. I mean, she really was very, very beautiful. But in this day and age, if someone turned up to a photo shoot and it was clear they had marks on their arms and they'd been using, you probably wouldn't still be using them for that job. You'd be a bit more concerned about their welfare, wouldn't you? It's a very different time that to just go, OK, they're clearly using drugs, but that's fine. We're just going to carry on. Yeah, we'll just airbrush it all out. No one will ever know. Yeah, that's crazy. So in 1980, uh, she moves model agencies. She gets dropped with weeks. Work offers cease. Uh, fashion friends are keeping a distance. You know, obviously, they don't want to be associated with her because they don't want people to think they're taking drugs as well. And Gia's had enough. She decides to quit drugs, moves back to Philadelphia to live with her mum. So they've kind of reconciled. And she lives with her mum and stepdad. And she undergoes a 21-day detox programme. Go Gia. She really kind of wants to turn this around. But the next year, she's arrested for driving into a fence. She's chased by the police. She's taken into custody and test positive for alcohol and cocaine. So the rehab was good, but it didn't last. Yeah. Uh, next year, 1981, she's determined to make a comeback into the fashion industry. She's still using drugs, but signs with another agency. Some clients don't want to work with her. Some are willing to because she, she's still a big name. But in April 1982, she appears on the cover of Cosmopolitan. But it is her last cover appearance for an American kind of magazine. She continues to work modelling for department stores and catalogues. And she's still doing the odd campaign for bigger names like the like Versace. This is why it's so sad. They all still want to work with her because she's a phenomenal model, but she's never quite kind of getting it together. So it was Versace was saying, we want to do a campaign with you, but there weren't any usable shots at the end of the day. I mean, she left the photo shoot early. She's, you know, head's not in the right place. She wants to source drugs and it's just not kind of happening for her. Uh, she does enroll in an outpatient methadone programme. But again, we've seen this with our service users. The draw of heroin is so strong that she starts using again. It's such a vicious cycle, isn't it? It's so hard to break. Yeah, such a difficult battle, that one. So again, the number of organisations willing to work with her reduces. Her final photo shoot is for a German mail order clothing company. And I think it was in Morocco, actually. But she's sent home or flown home. She's using heroin again. They can't make the shoot work. She leaves New York again in 1983 and returns to Philadelphia. No money. It's all been spent on drugs. And she kind of drifts around during this time. So she's staying with friends, family, or lovers, you know, whoever. Well, she's basically safer surfing. She's not got a, a solid base of her own. No. She tries again to stop using. She's admitted to a drug treatment programme in December 1984. And when she's completed the treatment, she gets a job. So she works firstly in a clothes store. Then she's a checkout clerk. Then she's working in a cafeteria, in a nursing home. So she's trying so hard to turn her life around. That's the thing, isn't it? It's it, That's actually really, I don't want to use the term sad. I'm trying to think of a better word. That's just 
really heartbreaking, I think, that she's tried so many times in so many different ways to stop using. And it's taken her career from her. But yet she's still moving forward and trying to be better. It's just, I mean, good for her for trying so hard. Like you said, what a difficult battle. Yeah. And she does try hard. But again, the pull of drugs is too strong. And by late 1985, uh, she's using drugs again. She's in Atlantic City and she's working as a sex worker to get the money for drugs. In December 1985, she's admitted to hospital in Pennsylvania with pneumonia and is diagnosed with AIDS-related complex or ARC. Different terminology to what we use today. We've talked about ARC before, haven't we? Because we'd never heard of it. That's why I was looking slightly confused as you were saying that. Okay, so her health had declined so much. So she'd obviously been positive for a while we think I don't know I mean I don't know what ARC is and in the early days of HIV they seem to split HIV into three categories in America I don't know if the same applied in the UK so you had like non-symptomatic HIV or symptomatic AIDS but if you were symptomatic then they split it into an AIDS diagnosis or an ARC diagnosis right and I know there was a lab criteria to separate the two which I'm not even going to go into because we both know not a scientist. Um, I think as a measure of how ill you are, perhaps that's a determinant of how um, strong your immune system is, perhaps. Right. I don't think we do use that at all. We did use that over in England because, like you're saying, we've looked at a, the postman's here. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> or the Amazon man getting their Ooh. fingers nibbled off. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that that term we did use it because obviously we have done an awful lot about HIV history within this podcast, but also quite a bit just in our working life. And I've never heard that term used. Over no. Here, so. no, I know it's not used anymore. So they stopped using it around 2000. No, I didn't start working at TVPS till after that. And to be honest, I class everything now. If it wasn't in It's a Sin, the TV series, then it just, you know, <laughs> wasn't real. So wasn't in It's a Sin, didn't happen. No, they didn't mention it, did they? <laughs> So December 85, pneumonia or ARC, as they called it. So in autumn 1986, it's the start of her health deteriorating. She's hospitalised after being found on the street. She'd been beaten up and raped. I know. And a month later, on the 18th of November 1986, she died in hospital of AIDS-related complications at the age of 26. 26? All of that had happened in that short amount of time. She's one of the first, if not the first, actually famous woman to die from AIDS. And I think it's likely she contracted HIV through sharing needles. What story? I know what a story, actually. Like in in such a short amount of time, if I'm honest, in my mind, she was like 40 because my maths is terrible. Let's remember. So when you're saying it's 1985, my mind isn't going, oh, she's did it. That's She's lived this longer life where it's, you know, all of these things have happened. That's so much in such a short space of time. I know. It's really young. Way too young. She has her own panel on the AIDS quilt. You know, we've talked about the AIDS quilt before. She's got her own panel on there. So she is remembered. Do we know what it looks like? I haven't looked, actually. I'm sure she's mentioned on a couple of panels, but she's got one that's actually hers. But we should get a picture, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely share a picture of that. I'm just trying to have a little look now so we can see. Oh, wasn't she beautiful? Obviously, I'll share a picture. absolutely stunning. I'm going to have to go and watch the film again, even as, what's the word, as, as inaccurately correct as it is. Going to have to go and do it. I mean, the year she died, Cindy Crawford's career really took off. So they do look, I think they look similar. And remember, Cindy Crawford's called Baby Gia anyway. So her agents took full advantage of this fact. And they introduced her to all the photographers who liked Gia. So really, Gia paved the way for Cindy Crawford's fame. 
she does look very much like her I have to say you can you can definitely definitely see that well I suppose she like you're saying she paved the way for the other supermodels what a bright star she was in that world that's yeah the like well as Wikipedia said the first supermodel yeah yeah Yeah, she was and I think I think it's difficult isn't it when somebody's addicted to drugs you're always going to get people who are just like why would you feature someone like that People are so judgy these days. But, you know, she had a very difficult childhood. She started her modelling career and all that goes with that at a very young age. She's only 17. She's lost her agent, the person who's keeping her grounded. She's very open about her sexuality at a time when it's far less socially acceptable to do so. So I can understand, although you can't ever justify someone's drug use, but you can understand why the appeal of drugs or the escapism that drugs offer would be an option that she would go for. Absolutely. And I think it's only really now that we, I well, I was going to say that we care about people's mental health. That's not true. I'm sure we've always cared, but especially in jobs, I think now we look at people, we would look at someone that was 17 years old and was that famous at this day and age and be like, are you okay? Because this fame is a lot of pressure. Like, what is going on for you? We'd make sure they're okay, wouldn't we? And I bet yeah. you back in the day, they're not doing that. She's she's like a cash cow, isn't she really, for all those around her? So I could totally see why after all of those things, that it would be easy to want that escapism for sure. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can understand it. And I think there's also, there's a theory, I don't know how true this is, I'd have to find out where I sourced this from for you, that people in the 80s that started using heroin almost became accidental drug addicts. So there's an urban myth that if you snorted heroin, you couldn't become addicted. So people are taking cocaine when they're going on nights out and then they're snorting heroin to come down. So heroin became really popular for exactly that purpose. But people believed only the true addicts smoked it. Those that snorted it were just using it to come down. And it might have been that Gia became accidentally addicted. You know, it might not have been her attention or intention to start using heroin. You know, she's got an amazing career. She's, she's why would she need to use it? I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, and in a way I am, but nobody sets out to be an addict, do they? No, you you don't start using something and then go, right, this is yeah, this is gonna be it. This is let me, you know, sort of see my life for the next, well, not even 25 years, because she died at 26. So the next few years, I'm going to have a look into this urban myth, but I've never heard that before, but I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, it's a bit like, well, it's a bit like, didn't they used to say that cocaine was like a painkiller? Like really back in the day, that was a thing, wasn't it? And I think heroin too, because of the opiate. I, I, it wasn't like now where you know full well, right, we need to be super careful with this. And I think, although um, she does fall under one of the four H's, which the Americans loved so much, no, Haitians, homosexuals, haemophiliacs and heroin addicts. So she would have fallen under the addict category. I think very few people included women in that category or in any of the categories. This is at a time when it's still very much considered to be a, a, a gay men's disease. So her death would have challenged that attitude, hopefully made people check their judgments. Because like we said, she's the first famous woman in America, if not the world, to die of AIDS. Yeah, I, I'd love to know how the press dealt with that, because as we know, they love love a bit of sensationalism, don't they? So I wonder how they spun it, because like you're saying, she doesn't fit those stereotypes that people want to pigeonhole into. I kind of wonder what effect her death had on young women of that time who would look at models aspirationally. I wonder if, I don't know, they felt maybe I should go and get tested or or if it had any impact, you know? I don't know. It's always so hard to tell. 
So there you go. That's Gia, a breath of fresh air to the fashion industry. And she did. She died far too young. But I'm so glad that we got to feature her because we say it about so many people that we feature. If more people adopted her attitude to sexuality, then the world would be a better place. I'm sure I said this about Mark Ashton last week. If people adopted his compassion, the world would be a better place. I'm just going to use it as my kind of byline every single week. I like that though. Every week you should pick out one thing from it and, and let us know why the world would be a better place if that thing happened. And I very much agree with you. Yeah, she sounds very open and I love that. Yeah, very much. You know, this is who I am and, you know, I like everybody and anybody and, you know, why am I restricted to just kind of one gender? It, great way to be very forward thinking for the 70s and early 80s yeah you and I have talked openly before about you know labels I know some people really like labels and that means a lot so I do understand that I just feel like especially with sexuality no one's 100% anything this is my own opinion so no one can go bonkers just feel it's all a big gray area maybe you are more one way or more the other but the but it's a scale that can change for everybody and I hate it when people pigeonhole anyone because we're all just a bit fluid I think personally no I think the same I think I've said this to you before I think the labels do perhaps do more harm than good so yes let's all be fluid I love it thank you so much to the person that suggested Gia as Sarah said we had it on a list but we have such a massive list of all the different topics and subjects and people that we want to cover and it just grows and grows so I mean we won't be stopping the HRE podcast anytime soon but when this person had suggested it it sort of re-brought it to the top of our list didn't it because as you guys have heard Sarah and I have a tendency to just fly off on a tangent somewhere so our list will start in one place and then by the end of it you know there's 20 new things on it and we've forgotten where we'd started in the first place so sometimes it's good to have people's suggestions so if there's any anyone else that anyone would like to feature dm us give us a little message and uh, we'll put them on our never-ending list excellent i will see you anon i don't even know what that means (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to the hiv podcast if you enjoyed our podcast please like rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts you can now also follow us on instagram and tiktok at the hiv podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.